We hope you enjoy this episode of the Modern Divorce Podcast. But first, an important message for our listeners. Hi, this is attorney Billy Tarasio, and my partner Julie and I have created a resource for you if you are representing yourself in family court. No one should go into family court without knowing the basics, and we will teach you everything you need to know at Win Without Law School to represent yourself with confidence. We'll teach you how to get exhibits in, how to draft your pretrial statements, and how to speak to the judge so the judge will listen. We'll teach you how to defend against false accusations and everything you need to know to be an effective advocate, both if you're negotiating or if you're presenting evidence. Don't wait. Go to winwithoutlawschool.com. We can help you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Modern Divorce Podcast. I am very excited today to be joined by a good friend of mine, Erin Levine. Erin is the founder of Hello Divorce. She's a family law attorney. She owns a law firm, Levine Family Law in San Francisco. And we have a stellar podcast packed for you today. We're going to be talking about um, trends in divorce, who's filing, what are they doing afterwards, new emerging trends in what's going into their decrees. Erin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I feel like this is so long and coming. We have been talking about doing a podcast for years, has it been years. I just can't believe this is the first time you've come on. Um, but you're busy. You're doing a lot of amazing things and you may not have time to be on the podcast circle. Well, as are you. And I think knowing the two of us, we don't like to do anything half. Can I say half ass? I don't know if I can can. say that. Um, And I think we really wanted it to feel relevant, feel juicy, feel like your audience and mine for that matter would really have something some key takeaways that they could apply to their own experience. And I think we're ready now. So I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we get into the meat and potatoes, let's talk about Hello Divorce. Can you explain to our audience what it is, what it does, and what you do? Sure. So Hello Divorce aims to make the divorce experience a lot more simple kind, affordable, and accessible. So in the states that we're in, we automate the vast majority of the legal and the financial logistics, and we offer on-demand access to expert help for when you need a little extra help along the way. So as an example, when it comes to divorce, as many of you know, there's forms and filing. So the forms and filing we take care of, in that you can use our software to prepare all of your forms and have an expert review them for you and file them with the court. But there's also getting to an agreement, and that is a very, very tricky part. And for that, we have financial advisors, lawyers, mediators. We even have real estate experts and life coaches to help you or you and your spouse understand what you're signing, resolve conflict, and help you ultimately get to an agreement that you feel confident about so that you can sign on the dotted line, submit to the court, and move on with your um, divorce and into that next chapter. So to me, Hello Divorce is really opting out of an adversarial system. 
And in that respect, I think it is different from anything else, including Win Without Law School. And Win Without Law School is a platform that I own with um, another lawyer, and it is teaching people how to represent themselves. And most of the time they're in litigation and we are teaching people how to litigate. Mm -hmm. And what your platform is, is so different because it's almost like um, opting out of the adversarial system and going collaborative, but not traditional collaborative, which has all sorts of hoops and bells and whistles and it's expensive. It's a completely different system, which I think is so great. Yes, thank you. It is a it is a different system. So, um, I think both of our platforms are absolutely necessary because what we do know is that eighty percent of people um, can't afford to hire a lawyer on full retainer, and that a vast majority of people who do are not necessarily happy with that experience. Mm -hmm. And so certain things need to change. We've innovated within our law firms and there are a ton of amazing lawyers out there who do a really great job. Mm -hmm. Um, But within Hello Divorce, our goal is to help you long before you even start the divorce process. Because how you approach your divorce determines in many ways how that experience will go. So if you lawyer up, oh, go ahead. Well, and not just how the divorce process will go, the future of your family. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's just so so critical. Yeah. So our goal is to make sure that every single person who comes to the divorce, Hello Divorce platform has access to resources and worksheets and tools um, and experts that will help them with at least whatever is the most stressful thing on their minds. So maybe you do have to go to court. Maybe there is something that is a majorly stressful issue that your spouse will not compromise on and you do need to litigate in court. Like that happens. But there are other things that you can do to prepare yourself for or to think through different, um, you know, to get your finances prepared, to, um, you know, create all the forms that are required. There are plenty of things that you can do to help minimize the expense, to manage your stress. Um, And those are the things that we also want to be able to help with. Absolutely. I just, I love Hello Divorce. I'm a huge, huge fan of the platform. I think everyone should go check it out. And I'm also just a huge fan of Erin. Erin is a mom. She's a lawyer. She's been working on this company for years and it's pretty incredible what you've built. And the other thing that you, so how many active users do you have currently? Oh gosh. Um, Well, we have over 125,000 people that actively come to the site and consume our content every month. And we have several thousand people that are working through the divorce process right now. Um, And then we have many more people that just access our services. We have um, a home equity calculator that's free, for example, and free real estate strategy sessions. So if you're trying to figure out what to do with your home, um, and especially with today's rising interest 
you know, rates and you're like, ah, I don't know if I can buy out. I don't know what my options are. Then we have like many more people who come to the site just to access that service. So mm-hmm. lots happening on the platform. And I really encourage everyone to, to check it out. Mm, absolutely. And over the years, as people have been going through divorce, you have been able to collect a lot of data and really get some insight into what are people going through? Why are they filing? What does their life look like before and after? Can you share some of that with our audience? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting as, as a lawyer, a law firm owner, you know, um, all, um, many of our cases were, were very complex and we wanted to give our clients, um, very, very, very personalized attention. And so at most we might've seen, you know, 100, maybe 200 divorces a year, but at Hello Divorce, we're seeing thousands and thousands of people come through our platform. So we've been able to collect a lot of really interesting data through polls, through testimonials and use cases. And I thought it might be really interesting to share some of that with your audience today. Um, so one thing that you've mentioned in previous um, videos is that I think the the last time we checked the, what was it? Something like 67% of divorces are filed by women. Right. Women and, are overwhelmingly initiating yeah. divorce. Yes. And we, that mirrors the results that we see on our platform. I think it's closer to 70 or 75% we're finding that the vast majority of people who do file on our platform um, have been considering divorce or trying to save their marriage or maybe even stay in their marriage after the decision has been made because they are afraid of what life might look like um, if they do file for divorce for two to five years after the decision has been made. some other interesting, you know, data points are that we are seeing that as people are slowing, not slowing down the process, but spending more time uh, thinking creatively about what their agreements might look like, not necessarily relying on the law to tell them, you know, exactly mm-hmm. how things will be divided and what life will look like post-divorce. We're seeing some really interesting new terms emerge and divorce agreements. I don't know if that's something you think might be interesting, but I'd be happy to kind of dive into that too. Absolutely. Okay. So there's three terms in particular that have been really interesting for us towards the, as we like enter the end of, of 2023. One is what we call parenting agreements, P-A-W, or pedimony, um, cat study, right? Um, so terms regarding pets. And actually, we first started to think and talk about this with our customers after an article that I read of yours, Billy, years mm-hmm. ago, when you suggested that um, family pets, do you remember like transfer like with the kids? Yeah. Like, Yeah. And we had suggested that to some of our customers. We haven't yet um, added that to our software as an option, Mm -hmm. but we noticed that customers have started to write it in Mm -hmm. and include terms like what happens if the pet needs medical care, who will pay for it, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, where the pet will the pet spend time with the kids on the holidays. 
Wow. Um, all sorts of terms around pets. So that's been really interesting. Another has been around what we call privacy packs. So um, if the couple did a lot of like sexting or racy videos or had like mental health issues that they talked a lot about, they've included terms around keeping that like non-disclosures, not sharing with anyone else. Um, Maybe you can speak to whether or not that's ordinarily um, enforceable. I'm, I'm actually not entirely sure, but I think the intention is great. Um, And then another term that I've seen a lot lately that really surprised me was um, post divorce family vacations. What? Um, Yes. (laughs) Annual vacations where um, children and ex-spouses and maybe even new partners if they have it all go on a trip somewhere. Wow. Okay. So much to talk about here. (laughs) I think, I think we should take them one at a time. So the first um, issue or the first trend that you're seeing is custody agreements for pets and support or expense sharing for pets. And um, that doesn't surprise me at all. I did write about this because when I separated from my spouse in 2017, we, um, our dog Delilah, who's laying right here, um, (laughs) traveled with the kids and we did that for a while. Um, and we had agreed to do that. Now, eventually it became clear that that really wasn't ideal and wasn't working. And she seemed very, very stressed out, which I don't, mm, I don't know if pet. that was they, the pet Delilah. The Delilah pet. was very stressed out. She had like, she was licking her paws and it's hard to know if she was stressed out because we were going through a divorce and that's stressful. Um, and she's like, she's a golden doodle. She's an emotional support. Like, was she just sucking it all up and manifesting? Yeah you know, in that way. But when she, eventually we decided that she would just stay with me and that's been fine, but <laughs> she hears you. I she does. She's right here. Yeah. She, she came <laughs> over. She's like, Oh, you're talking about me. Um, but it's very frequent that, um, if I'm out of town, you know, my ex will take the dog. And so we still sort of share the dog. Um, but it's interesting, you know, I've read, people have opinions on this. Some people think it's a terrible idea that it's very, it's really bad for pets. They need stability. And it's crazy to think that like, we really think that our pets deserve more stability than our kids. Like, it's just, it's a tough concept. What do you think? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want, I don't want you to think that it's just like, you know, perfection over here and that we're just sitting with a bunch of like amicable, like conscious uncouplers over at hello divorce. Um, you know, there, every divorce has conflict. We, most of the people who start at Hello Divorce actually do come in with a certain level of conflict. However, um, a lot of them, I mean, you have to expect that at some point with the help of experts, you will be able to come to an agreement. Otherwise they probably wouldn't be using our platform to begin with. Um, so there's a certain level of, of, of trust, which, um, makes these type of agreements more conducive. Um, So, I mean, it used to be that we didn't have an option like this in most states because pets were always considered to be property. Um, Maybe not by us, 
us pet owners, but by the courts. And so in many states, if there were an order like this, it couldn't be enforced. So it was kind of like, why even have it? Because if you brought it to a court, um, they would just say, no, sorry, we can't help you. And we all know that in really contentious divorces, if you can't enforce an order, like it's probably not worth having. Um, at least that's my opinion. Um, so these are in many cases, like fairly new. Um, and I, I really like the idea of getting expectations on the table I like the idea of having flexible orders, of revisiting, of coming back every year or every couple years um, and revisiting your orders regarding your kids and your pets. And I know those conversations are really hard, but circumstances change. Um, but I do like having pretty structured orders to begin with. And the reason is, is because even if you're getting along fairly well now, Life changes, new partners come in, life gets more complicated. And I like having a default. I like knowing that no matter what's happening out here, if conflict does arise, you have this order that you can sort of always fall back on. Like, this is what we're going to use. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. And that kind of takes me to the, the, you know, committing to doing vacations together. Um, That would my initial instinct is like, that is such a commitment to make. I would, I would probably maybe caution that we only make that commitment for a short period of time and then then revisit it because things change so often or have it out. Like, because, um, you know, when you're going through the process of restructuring your family, um, there are times when, everybody might be okay to hang out and be at at the same place. And then there are times when that isn't possible and you don't want to, you don't want to try to force that because the consequences can be pretty big. Well, yeah. And I've seen it used as a tactic by like an abusive partner to keep control and um, to keep that, you know, manipulation. And we don't want to see that. I think that, um, what we know is that divorce in and of itself does not destroy children. Like in fact, divorce itself can really um, teach children and help children in so many ways, develop empathy and resilience and um, model positive and healthy and amazing relationships. But what really does damage children is this prolonged long-term conflict and tension and all of those kind of things. So anything we can do to make life a little bit easier and healthier and less compartmentalized is great. And so if we can agree to, um, you know, do graduation dinners and maybe one holiday dinner or something like that together um, and be on our best behavior, I don't know that you can put that in the agreement, but like do it in a way that doesn't feel forced I don't know that necessarily has to be in the agreement, but that's great. But a vacation is, um, is really pushing it. Um, keep in mind most of those, I have to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. Most of those vacay post-divorce vacay orders, um, are coming out of, uh, the Bay area in California. I'm not seeing a lot of them coming from like Texas and New York. Um, so I don't know if it's what's happening, but I, I will say that. The privacy packs, on the other hand, are coming 
from the all over the country. So that that's interesting to me. That is I, not geographically centered. I think that that is brilliant. And I, I wish that, I wish that more people would maybe do prenups and mm. decide certain things like that in advance. So commit to privacy in the event of a divorce. And I do want to talk about enforceability too. Um, yeah. Maybe even commit to things like collaborative law or um, counseling or to opt out of the adver- adversarial system in the event of a divorce, kind of like an arbitration clause in an employment agreement. Like, do you ever see mm-hmm. that in your prenups? Um, an arbitration clause? No, no. Um, the akin of opting into a system that isn't litigation for a divorce in a prenup. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, what I'd love to see more of is the use of hello divorce. Right. Right. <laughs> if, if, um, you know, if you were to, uh, um, separate, you know, um, you know, if you were, if you enter in a prenup, you were to separate because like you said earlier, hello divorce is very similar to collaborative law, mm-hmm. except you don't have to coordinate all these schedules. You only mm-hmm. bring in experts as, and if you need them, mm-hmm. um, it's automated and efficient and, um, you always know where you are in the process. So, so yeah, but yeah, we definitely see that. We also see like the privacy type packs in prenups, um, as well. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't want to make it more difficult for people to get divorced. And this is timely because, Mm -hmm. um, we just had our new speaker of the house talking about covenant marriages. And, um, so there is a lot of discussion about, you know, should it, no fault divorce does make it easier to get divorced, but I I don't hate the idea of, of two people committing to a process for a certain amount of time to try to, um, get uh, resolve their differences or come to some agreements about restructuring their family without going through the court process, because I've seen the court process destroy families and just make it harder for mm-hmm. a family to restructure. Yeah. It's not just the court process, right? Like it is the forms, um, the, the procedure in and of itself. So the court process is really problematic because it ramps up conflict. It destroys trust instead of building it, it gives us really only one main solution to resolving issues, which is, you know, to, to battle it out. But the forms in and of itself, every state has, you know, 20, 30, 40, sometimes 50 forms that you have to do. And if you are self-represented, and you look at the form and it says, you are the defendant, you are the respondent, you are being sued, you have to do X. And then it has a bunch of language that you have no idea what it means. I mean, crazy language. Like in Texas, it will say something like standard order of possession. What the heck does that mean? It has to do with your kids, right. order of possession. I mean, these words are crazy. Like if that doesn't ramp up fear and turn right. people into like, you know, angry, like, I don't know what does. So the entire system right? just, yeah. So I love the idea of giving people an alternate path. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think most people would commit to that if they knew they could. 
Um, and, and then let's talk about enforceability. So at, at least in Arizona, um, like a pet clause would not be enforceable in family court because pets are community property, but we have the option to have a consent decree that is not merged which is getting a little tricky here legally, but essentially to make it an inf- a separate enforceable contract that would be handled in civil court. And then you can cl- include things that would otherwise be unenforceable and have it be enforceable. So does that- Love it. Does that work that way in California as well or no? Yeah, I mean, we, so that's, we, so we've, we've created, um, in states that allow that, we've created something for at Hello Divorce and, a agreement generator that allows you to build a contract with your spouse um, that you can attach to your divorce judgment or you can, or divorce decree, or you can, it could be a standalone contract between you and your spouse. And it can include all of these terms. And um, you'll, for some states, it's enforceable. Um, some states, it's not. Uh, but um you know, it just kind of, it, it depends on, on where you're located, but it's, we have it available nationwide, which is, is really helpful. And a lot of people are taking advantage of that. Yeah. And I think if it can be written in a way where, you know, there's consideration, like I am giving something up in exchange for this privacy that you're promising. Yes. It should be enforceable. And I can't tell you how many times in our courts, I have seen parties um, disclose intimate videos or images. And it just makes my blood boil. Like it is such a breach of trust. It is so the antithesis of a marriage and talk about throwing gasoline on a fire. There should be some privacy considerations while also allowing, you know, when it's relevant, when you have information about you know, whether or not your children are going to be in danger, you need to be able to bring that up. Yeah. I mean, I always say my happiest clients, the customers that were able to bounce back the quickest, that were able to set themselves up for financial and emotional resilience are the people that made choices based on the life that they wanted to create, Mm -hmm. not the past they were leaving behind. Mm -hmm. So if they had the choice, were they going to bring up all that dirt and focus on that to punish their ex? Or were they going to learn how to structure their budget in a way that they could build a settlement agreement where maybe they wouldn't get everything, but that they'd be able to make ends meet in the moment and build upon that for the future? Like that became like, you know, what, what would the choice be? And, you know, the latter made so much more sense. And those are the people that come back days, months, years later, and, you know, are so proud of their achievements. Do you have any data on that? How people are kind of landing or how they're doing post-divorce? Do they give you any feedback on that? Yeah. Well, so this was, this is really interesting to me. Um, so we, so, um, you're so much better at this because your law firm, I mean, you've always used it as a testing ground and you've been so innovative. My law firm was not as innovative, very focused on the divorce process itself. So when the divorce was over, you know, we would generally, you know, say goodbye to our clients, wish them well. And that was that with hello divorce, um, something started happening 
when we first finished those few divorces early on, and that is people started to come back and ask us questions and return to our platform. And we, we couldn't figure out what was happening. And we started looking at our data to figure out what, what's going on here. And it turned out that 88%, 88% of our customers after their divorce was finalized were coming back. And what we realized and wouldn't hadn't figured out before was that, um, and it should have been a light bulb, but it wasn't, was that, you know, divorce is like so much more than law. It is a entire life transition, right? Everything is changing from how and when and where you parent to whether or not you need a new health insurance policy to where you might live um, to maybe how you style yourself and who you might date. I mean, everything like your entire life is changing and, and, you know, and people needed and wanted more um, support with that. And so this gave us an incredible opportunity to get to know our customers more and to provide them like more of the the resources and and things that they were craving. So there's a few things that we've learned. Um, one is that the by far the 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 resource that they craved most um, is what we initially well. So we did polls to find out what it, what exactly they wanted most. The first thing that we pr- provided as a result was an online support group. Mm-hmm. Men and women both mm-hmm. really requested and wanted it. Like that Absolutely. was very, very key. Um, so that that became a really, really important resource. Um, then there were other things that were like much smaller that you wouldn't necessarily think of that became wildly popular, like like how to change your car title after divorce. Sure. Yeah. So so no idea about necessarily how they landed financially or the oh. level of conflict or like how many people had to go back and amend their order. Do we have any data on that? So um, do we have data on it? We have um, we have data. Yes. Is it like on the I think we'll have to do a follow up. OK, no I don't problem. have it right in front of me and I don't want to misquote anything. I totally but I put you love to share more. No, yeah. I love I'm fine with it. I just I don't want to misquote anything. But yes, we definitely we keep it. We keep in contact. My point was to say that we keep in contact. Um, we definitely like to follow up. We have a lot of people who have returned, um, but I just don't have much um, in the way of um, stats on that right now. Yeah, no problem. Um, The other thing that we mentioned that I want to circle back to is what's going on with housing. What's going on with, I mean, interest rates are crazy. I've heard it's like the worst time to sell, the worst time to buy. We know that when people are going through a divorce, they often do not have a choice. They have to buy out their spouse and there's no way to do that except for to refinance usually or to sell. So what are you seeing people do? Yeah, this makes my blood boil because I just saw an article on Wall Street Journal about divorces being messier than ever because the interest rates are so high and spouses are making, because they can't afford to buy each other out mm-hmm. through a refinance of their mortgage, everyone's having to sell. Mm-hmm. And it made me so mad because I contacted that journalist and I said, you, you got to hear, you got to hear from me. There are other options. And of course they didn't listen to me because I'm just a startup founder, but um 
It is. It's really frustrating, especially now. Um, so here's what we did. So first of all, I, I didn't expect that a lot of our um, customers would be homeowners only because a lot of our customers would not have hired a lawyer to begin with because lawyers are so expensive. Um, but it turned out 85% of our customers do have homes. And um, we're not talking about, for the most part, $10 million homes. We're talking about three, four, five, six hundred $600,000 homes. And these are homes that are their biggest, biggest asset that they have. Mm-hmm. And they've worked really hard. And it's important for at least one of them to keep it because mm-hmm. they've got a kid in varsity football. They've got their church. They've got community. If one of them can afford to keep it, they want to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. at least for the short term. And so we started to look into refinance options for them and refinancing the house was hard enough, but then adding on a high interest rate just made the payment balloon so high that it just felt unreasonable. So then we started looking at, well, what about if we continue to co-own for a little while? You know, but that comes with problems because you're divorcing someone and now you're owning property with them. It's possible, but it's tricky. So what we did was brought on, and we'll link, uh, I'll share with Billy, um, our equity split calculator. So you all can try it out yourself. It's completely free. It's a tool that you can use to learn about your own options And then from there, you can jump on with our real estate um, strategist for a half hour call. Again, completely free. But we went out there and we vetted hundreds and hundreds of options to find out what else is out there. And not everything works for everyone. And there's a lot of predatory options that we got rid of. But there are other things out there. So as an example, there are home equity investment options. That's where a third party comes in. And they buy out your spouse and they go on your title Mm. and they sit on your title until Mm -hmm. one day when, and if you sell, Mm -hmm. they get their, they get their money back plus some of the increase in value. Mm. Right. So I'm probably not explaining it great, but this is an example um, of one of the options. Another option is a sale lease back where you sell the house now, maybe not, you, maybe you don't love it, but you sell the house now, you and your spouse get paid, but you can continue to lease the house at a fixed rate, rent the house for a fixed amount of time, which could be one year, it could be 10 years, but you set the term and the amount of the rent. Yeah. So that's a great idea. There's lots of options out there. There's another one that I, when I mentioned it to my mother, she was like, what is it, the 1980s again? And it's true. This option hasn't been around since the 80s, but it's resurfaced. It's called an assumption of mortgage. And mm-hmm. most lawyers will be like, oh, no, that's not an option. And mm-hmm. I can tell you that most lawyers will say it because I said it. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been an option for years, but in some cases it is right now. And that's where you assume the loan. Like you get to take it from your spouse. It's not available to everyone. But in some scenarios right now it is. So the point is, is that there are options and you should know about them. Can we talk about that for a second? Does Mm -hmm. the ability to assume a loan, is this really based on the terms of the mortgage? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So most of us have never read our mortgage, but you right. may have the ability in, in your mortgage documents in that contract. And then it wouldn't be up to the lender. You would just have that ability and you would just follow that process, right? Oh, so I'm not the expert, but that's why we brought the expert and that's why we have the, the tool. Got so. it. Okay, Use so if anybody's tool, interested in this, watch our replay of the webinar because and talk to our strategists because okay. they 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 can tell you and um uh yeah it's like there are there are definitely options out there I don't know exactly how all of them work my job was to bet to figure it out to pull all this together so that I could be able to offer something to our community that that actually works. And if it if it's not an option, then it's good to know too. But right. um we can talk to you, we can talk to your spouse, we can talk to both of you, we can bring in a mediator to help anyone resolve a dispute around the property. But I think it's important to know that's that's why we that's why we did it. It was just Love it. it was too frustrating. Yeah. So that's so fantastic. Okay. Now both people can be members of Hello Divorce, right? <laughs> Is it your birthday? Nope. Zoom has new AI tools. Oh. <laughs> and, so, and sometimes they turn on. <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> I know. It's so funny. It's amusing. Um, yes. So um either party can use Hello Divorce at um any point during their divorce process. I mean, ideally you would use it together and yeah. at the same time. Sure. Um, and, um, but yeah, either party can use it. Either and both, right? Both at the same yes. time can be using yeah. Hello Divorce. Yes. Because so it's, it's not both, adversarial. I just, I think right. this is so important for people to understand. Yes. So especially for the real estate piece, because the real estate piece, that's what makes us so different, right? Is we're neutral. The real estate piece is completely neutral. So like mm -hmm. if you go to a, bank, their mm -hmm. job is to sell you a loan. Mm -hmm. Our job is to find you the best deal, right? And then we get paid by whatever company you, ult if, if you ultimately choose a company, let's say we find you the best deal. If you choose that company, then we will ultimately get paid by that company when your deal closes. Love it. So that's I think it's fair to be transparent to help you understand how that works. But um, yeah. I just think that's just another great creative solution. And it's just one more creative solution that you are looking for on behalf of the collective of humans who are divorcing. So I, I just love that about you. I love how progressive you are and how you're just pushing forward options for people. It's been great to talk to you. I've really enjoyed this episode. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. If you all have enjoyed this episode of the Modern Divorce Podcast, make sure to download it, rank it, leave a review, and let us know what else you would like to have on the show. That's it for today. One consistent theme you'll hear from me, Billy Tarasio, is that we do not believe in a one-size-fits-all solution. That's why at Modern Law, you can find anything you need for your family law case. For the highest stakes litigation cases, we've got experienced family law attorneys who can offer you representation. We also have embraced 
newly licensed legal paraprofessionals who can offer you legal representation for less. And if you just need your documents prepared, we can offer certified legal document preparers as well. If that's not for you and instead you are representing yourself, congratulations. You are like one of the 70% of people out there doing it on your own. And our newest offering, Win Without Law School, can help. For more information about Win Without Law School, go to winwithoutlawschool.com. To get representation options, go to mymodernlaw.com.